0: Thank you for joining me, your host, Tiffany, on the Birth and Rebirth Podcast. And today we are in for a treat. This woman is incredible. Her name is Oyuni Haggins, and she shares her stories of birthing in the system and what that did to her and how it affected her choices moving forward. She also shares about loss As she experienced medical malpractice during her pregnancy and all of that ultimately led her to where she is today, where she has discovered freedom in taking her family, her body, her life, her children's life into her hands and trusting God over the systems put in place to control us. And I just cannot speak highly enough about this woman and her, the wisdom that she carries and the faith that she has in God. And I'm just so excited for you guys to get into it and, and listen to these stories. So I'm going to stop and I hope you all have a blessed, blessed day. Thank
1: you. Hello, everybody. My name is Oyuni. And I'm really honored to be here today with this beautiful woman. And she's giving me the opportunity to share my stories with you guys. And I just feel very excited to share the good news of what free birth is and my mm-hmm. journey with that, with God and through all that. Um, so yeah, so my name is Oyuni and I was born in um, Mexico, Manzanillo. And it's like a, it's a little place right along the coastline. So when I was born there, I I remember being there. um, I was about four years old when my parents traveled up to the United States. And my mom's parents were already living in California. And we came to the Central Valley. And... Yeah I remember living there and I just I loved living there and my dad would take us to the beach all the time and I grew up around fresh seafood and all that so I'm kind mm. of like you know beach girl. <laughs> um, I really miss it over there and so yeah so I, I grew up a little bit here in California Central Valley and then we moved to Las Vegas for about nine years <clears throat> and I lived um, most of my teenage life there. And then we came back over here to California, um, when I was 16. So pretty much my whole life, I, I, I grew up around violence. My parents were very, the household was just always very, yeah, it was just, everything was, had to do with whatever my mom and my dad were always going through and I got to see a lot of violence I got to see a lot of um just arguing all the time so my nervous system was very wrecked by the time I was a young adult and um I was 16 we came here and um my mom initially came over here trying to get help for me um because I had started to get into drugs um So, yeah, but when I came here, um, I was doing better and then all of a sudden I got into harder drugs when I was 17 and yeah, I was in my addiction for about, I want to say, I started at 14 with my first drug, you know, alcohol and things like that. And then by the time I was 17, I was into, um, pretty explicit but I was like into heroin and I was just like you know really into this dark dark place and um and really it was because you know I was trying to just not feel that just stress and like my nerves always just going from the violence that I had witnessed and all those crazy things I had to go on with daily and so so yeah, so I was in my addiction for a good, I wanna say, until um up until my early twenties. I'm twenty-nine and I got pregnant at nineteen with my first child and I always I always remember I always yearned to be a mom. Like I always wanted to be a mom and me and my mom didn't have a great relationship, so I would always be like, Oh, you know, I wanna I wanna be a better mom than my mom. And um, so thankfully, I stopped using while I was pregnant, and I learned. I well, I tried to learn as much as I could about birth and pregnancy and childhood development. And there was a lot of resources around my town that they would, you know, um, we would go to these classes and things like that. I was in rehab, and I was in like this pregnancy home and um well it's like a home that had like pregnant women living there and so um I was staying clean and all that and then uh, I was trying to learn as much as I could and there was this uh it's called I don't I think it's called nurse family partnership or something like that and it was like nurse nurse ladies that would come to your to your house and they would teach you about like pregnancy and you know birth and all that but obviously they would teach you like the normal stuff that everybody like you know oh we yeah. go to the hospital this is what they're gonna do to you and I had no idea that I actually like had choices and all that I just thought mm-hmm. like oh well I'm gonna go into birth and I'm gonna go into the hospital and that's just what's gonna happen and so fast forward um I went to labor with my son um my water broke and I was just like in a frenzy, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, you know, it's like everything was like a panic because that's like what we're talking know, panic around yeah. birth and stuff. And so I went into labor and, um, my husband and I were in rehab during that time, they allowed him to go to the hospital with me, but I was still very in, um, obviously I was still in very, uh, maiden mindset on top of, you know, the the things that I experienced through childhood I never really I was always still trying to people please and like please my mother and um when she got there she was just I don't know she just just like arguing because I was trying to set my boundaries about like I don't want to go to the hospital after these war and I just want to have my space and it was just like it was um yeah it was the worst and so my mom uh I had to get her taken out of the room and then the next morning she came still unannounced and just like invading my space and like just still being very condescending to me and so my birth my baby i had a episiotomy because you know it's my first baby and they're like oh you need to be cut cuz you know it, i don't know it's, there was um the what is it called the 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 students so mm-hmm. they had students do my birthday because i signed papers and stuff you know when you sign papers and things like that and they're like do you want students in your room and i was like yeah sure i don't know what that even means and so it was a student so obviously you know he's gonna practice episiotomy and so i got cut and they made me hold my baby halfway out like his head was already halfway out and I'm sitting there laying there. I remember this just him like being halfway out and holding him. And then they're like, okay, wait, don't push. And that was very traumatic. And then years late, later, um, we found out that he had like a neck injury. And because of the compressing, you know, holding him there, yeah. my, my uterus still push, trying to push him out. And so yeah. right now we, we go to chiropractor all the time for him. And so So that happened, and my baby, you know, obviously was, you know, cut cord, taken right to the warmer, um, and he was wrapped up. By the time I got up off the bed to be able to even see my baby, they handed him to my mom first. And so I was just, yeah, I I just didn't feel right. I'm like, you know, everything was just kind of just happening around me. I wasn't really even part of my birth. And Mm. so that was my first experience. I was 19, and um, breastfeeding was horrible after that. Um, I had mastitis, and it was just really hard, a lot of emotional trauma going on, and, um, but I was able to get through that, and I still breastfed my baby, um, so that was a good thing, and so then I went on to have my second child, which was my daughter, and that was, I want to say, two years, two and a half years after my first birth. And it was almost the same thing. But this time, you know, I had a like a birth plan and things like that. And I started to kind of like realize that I had like a little bit of choices here and there. And then, uh, but still, then I saw how they didn't even care about it. And the doctor that I had, he was very adamant about like, because I actually asked for the epidural, and he violated my right to, to actually have one, he was like, No, no, you're just gonna, you know, I wasn't even prepared for, to for the pain or just anything. And, it just, I felt like it doesn't matter which way you go, you're still violated, you know? So, so I did you have daughter... an epidural with your no, first? No, I, I didn't. Oh yeah. With okay. my first, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So with my okay. first, I did. And um, then with my second, I didn't, but it wasn't out of choice. It was just, the doctor was like, which I mean, in, in a sense, I was like, oh wow, you know, I heal faster without the epidural, but still like, I was like, why did he just like push me off? Like whatever. He, he just kept delaying. He was like, well, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I'm just like in pain, like screaming, you know, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't want that. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like, Yeah,
0: you didn't mentally prepare for it either. So yeah.
1: It's yeah. And so totally then, violating. Yeah. And so then I had to call my mom because I felt like, I don't know. I felt like I like owed her like an apology for the last birth. And I was like, yeah, you should be here, you know? And when she got there, it was just like, I, I knew I had made a mistake. She was all in my ear, like screaming at me to push. And I, and everybody was like, push, push, you know, did the coach pushing. I'm like, I am pushing, you know, like I hated that so much. And then, mm-hmm. um, so I had my daughter and, um, so then that was that. And I still felt like something wasn't right. know, I was like, why is it like this? You know, I don't understand. Like, anyways, so years, you know, passed by my husband um, and I, we were still on our recovery journey for a while. And then finally we started getting our life together a little bit more and it then came 2020 and I was mm-hmm. pregnant with my third child. And by the time that I was giving birth, it was early, uh, it was late March. So, um, this was like right before everything hit, you know, right before the whole hospital thing of not letting partners in. So I got, I was fortunate that that I didn't experience that. Um, It was still pretty kind of normal in the hospitals. So, um, but I was trying to like, still, you know, like I was like trying to prepare my husband, like, oh, you know, I want you to be supportive this time. I want to do it again without. I want to try again without an epidural. but for some reason like we got there, my water broke, we got there. And by the time I was like feeling the pains, my husband was so tired and I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. I don't really even want to try. And so I asked for the epidural. <clears throat> and um this time I did ask for delayed cord clamping, but they only allowed me 10 minutes and then um and then I asked for the golden hour they call it, you know, where they let mm-hmm. you keep your baby with you. And, um, I just remember that hour feeling so good. Like I had my baby on, you know, um, I had my baby with me. Everybody kind of just left me alone they left the room as soon as the baby was born. Like they, um, cut the cord and I, I didn't let them take her from me. And I just remember feeling so good. Like, I was like, Oh my God, I just, I can just lay here with my baby, you know? And that did something to me. I was like, I, I don't ever want like that whole frenzy thing again. And so it still the birth part was just not it because as soon as I changed my choices about wanting epidural, the, the nurse that was attending to me, like her whole attitude changed right after I was like, oh, I want the epidural. It just kind of all changed. So I was still like, you know, experiencing some kind of something during my birth, you know? And, and so that didn't feel right either. And so anyways, we went home earlier than normal because I was like, I don't want to be here. I asked them to go home and they let me go home early, which was nice. So I started to kind of wake up a little bit more about like, oh, I could actually do more than what I think, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then we, um, I want to say, so my daughter was born March, 2020, and then I think I got pregnant around around that same the next summer and um I was pregnant, I was about like fifteen weeks and I was going to the prenatals and things like that. And then and then like all of a sudden I got these um major headaches. And um we were in between moving so it was really stressful. And I just remember I felt like my body was just not it wasn't handling things very well. And I was also trying to be vegan. And so that was hard on my body because I wasn't nourishing Mm. myself correctly. Like, I feel like, you know, you, you want to be vegan, that's fine. But like, I wasn't doing it to where, like, I was like extremely changing my diet, especially during like pregnancy. It's, it was really extreme. I shouldn't have, uh, well, I didn't know any better. I was just trying to, you know, because during 2020, there was just this, like, I don't know what was happening, but everybody was like, you know, my feed was just full of like, this and that's poison or this and that's happening Like all of a sudden like you know in the air about yeah. what's good for you and what's not and yeah. so yeah so then I was getting these major headaches but I know now that that was attributed to being um, deficient on my vitamins and my minerals And I felt that in my intuition, I was like, I just, I feel like I'm probably deficient in something. My body was telling me that. And I was telling the OB and he was just like, no, you're fine. It's just pregnancy. Well, I go to the hospital, to the local ER here. And, um, I just wanted them to check my baby. I didn't want anything from them. I just was like, I'm here because I have these headaches and I just want to make sure my baby's fine. Well, they had me in the hallway and we live in a really small town. So that's the only hospital we have and um yeah it's everybody goes there and um it's not a very good hospital so we went um well I went by myself actually and um then the doctor was like hey do you want this uh headache cocktail that we give to everyone that usually has migraines and I was like and he's like we don't usually give it to pregnant women there's no studies on if it's good for them or not, but it usually it's fine. And I was like, well, you're the doctor, you know? I was like, if you think it's okay, then you know, why not? Because my headache was really bad. It was like where I would like lean over and it's like pressure headaches. And so, but then I was like, wait, can you ask the doctor? I told the nurse, it was a a male nurse. I was like, can you ask the doctor if I can clean up, you guys can do the sonogram before you give me the, the medicine through IV? and he went and asked the doctor the doctor said no and I was like okay you know and something didn't feel right about that and then as soon as the medicine went into my body I could feel um because I I have done IV drugs I could feel the way it hit my body was too much for me and so I was just like felt all warm and I was just like oh no like this is not okay and um it was a cocktail mix of this medicine called reglin with um benadryl and as soon as it hit my body I was just like this doesn't feel right and then I started to panic I started to have like a doom like feeling like I was gonna die and then I was like Um. um I was like can you stop this please I was like I don't feel good I don't feel good like I I feel like I'm gonna die you know and I started to panic and then I was like, just stop, just stop the medicine. And then he had to go get the doctor and then they stopped it. And he's like, um, he was like, Oh, you're just having a, um, what is it? Adverse reaction. It only happens one in three, whatever number he said. And I was just like, okay. I was like, do you have an anecdote? I was like, do you have an anecdote? Because I wanted to rip off the thing and just like yeah. run. Like I felt like I was literally going to die. And then, I was just like, um, oh my God. Like I just remember looking down, and I was like, if I'm feeling like this, my baby, you know? And at that moment, like I kid you not, I I felt my baby soul leave my body. And um it's like really hard to even um like explain that to anyone, you know, but I felt that, like that's what I felt, and I was just like, no, oh. you know, and at that moment. I couldn't, like, I couldn't process what was actually happening, but it was, but I, but I knew that's what I felt. And I was like, Oh no. Like, and then as soon as that, I felt that my body started shaking, my legs started shaking, my body started shaking, um, uncontrollably. And then, um, the doctor was like, well, we're just going to let the medicine run a little bit more so that it could calm you down. The bendro can calm you down. And by then I was catatonic. Like I was just like, I fell asleep and, um, I was trapped inside my body. I knew I was aware like I knew I was aware of everything around me, but I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't even reach my for my phone to call my husband or anything. So I had to experience that all by myself. Um oh my and it was horrible. It was the worst thing that I ever experienced in my life. And um for me, um I never wanted to experience that again and then um they took me to the sonogram room and when the lady came to take me I was I was basically asleep she had to drag me onto the the wheelchair took me to the sonogram I didn't even remember I went there and then she came and slid me back into the chair and mind you I was like in a hallway I wasn't like even in a room and um that hospital gets really full because you know it's the only hospital here in this little town and um an hour later when i'm like kind of waking up the doctor comes back and he's like he's like i have um good news and bad news or i don't know what he said i was just like okay and and i was still really high off the drugs you know i felt like i was like in like a um floating you know and then he's like Mm. well we didn't find a heartbeat and like in that moment i knew that it was the medicine that had killed my child like i knew and then they started the frenzy about trying to prove to me that my baby must have already been dead because my headaches. And then they tried to pull up my blood test about my HCG and whatnot. And they called the OB that I was seeing. And this OB, he sees most of the patients here in this town. And um, he thankfully was really sweet during that time, but usually he's, he's kind of weird. Um, There's a lot of stories that go on with him about just being very inappropriate with women. And I've experienced the same. And so anyways, um, he came and I was like, yeah, they're telling me about my HCG and all this stuff. He's like, that doesn't matter. Your HCG doesn't matter. He's like, what's going on? I was like, they gave me a drug. And then he was like, why would they do that? And I was just like, I don't know. I told him I wanted a sonogram and they didn't listen to me. Soon as the ER doctor came along and told him what happened, the OB changed his whole tone, and he was just like, "Oh well, yeah, it probably was already, you know, your baby was probably already gone, whatever." And I was just like, at that moment, I realized like they don't give a shit about me; they give a shit about themselves yeah. and about. You and know? this is
0: a cover up, and this is yeah. a cover up scheme. And they
1: even the ER doctor took me to back to this room where um he was trying to show me the sonogram, and he's like, "Look, there's no blood flow," and I'm like, "What? What am I even looking at? Like, I don't know." That doesn't prove anything to me, you know? And so anyways, they took me out of there within 30 minutes of, of the uh, calling the OB. It's like they were trying, they were, I could tell they were trying to just rush me out of there. I was still all high on the drugs and they were just trying to rush me out. And then, um, and then the OB was like, well, and it was like, I just received the news that my baby died and you guys are already asking me if I want a DNC. The ER doctor was like, well, do you want a pill? Or do you want to stay do a DNC for the remains? Like, my baby's not a baby no more. It's just remains now, you know? And that broke my heart. And I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. I just want to go home. And I was scared. I was like, was this even safe, you know, to have a, a dead baby inside me? I don't know. And the the OB was like, yeah, it's fine, you know? Um, Here's my number. He gave me his cell phone, and he's like, "Call me when you start to, you know, bleed or have symptoms." I was like, "Okay." And we were staying in a hotel during this time because I was transitioning from one home to the other. So all this was happening. Not even I didn't even have a home. I didn't even I hadn't even found a home yet. So I went back to the hotel, and um, it was like all this trauma within like hours. And I hadn't even seen my husband. I called my mom and I called him on the phone and they were all confused. They're like, what the hell? You know, like, what what do you mean? And it was just, it was all just so confusing. And I was like, what the hell is happening? You know? So all of a sudden, three days later, I start to bleed. And I'm like, what a coincidence that three days later, you know, I start to bleed. You know, I, why wasn't I, why didn't it happen before? Usually when an incident happens, it's usually after three days that, you know, um, you, you see signs of things. So I just knew in my heart and at this time I was just, so God's always been in my life. I've always seen God protecting me. I grew up in a Jehovah witness home. So, Mm -hmm. um, that was very traumatic for me. Um, and it, uh, it didn't push me away from God, but it pushed me away from like wanting to be, super close to him and I would still question him a lot about everything and during this time I was still I was closer to God I was closer to him but at this time I was just like God like please don't let me slip because I almost ended up going insane like I was having crazy thoughts and I was like oh my god like the aliens aren't doing this to me like it was just like my brain was like on the edge of like going psychotic and something happened I was just like God like just please help me not go insane right now. Like, and then two days later, the landlord I had been calling was like, I have a house for you. You know, I was like, okay. So God was like, I got your back. You know, you just, just do your part. And I got your back on all this other stuff. And we got a home. So when I started to bleed three days after I did, I went to the hospital right away. I had never, you know, had a miscarriage like that or anything like that, so it was very scary for me. And obviously, you know, they tell you like, oh, it's dangerous if you do it at home and, you know, placental retention and all these things. So I went and it was it was obviously horrible. Um, I was there for three days, they're putting Cytotech, the pill inside my, my cervix for like three days. And then finally, the um, baby came and he was so small. And he, I thought I was going to be scared of seeing him, but I fell in love with him just like I fell in love with all my other children when I saw them, you know? And, um, I couldn't keep my eyes off him. And I was there with him for about eight hours until, um, his body started deteriorating. So I was just like, you know, just you can go ahead and take him now. And, um, but they treated him like a spectacle. All the nurses were just like treating him like a spectacle, you know, it was just really weird. I didn't like it. And, how long were you? I was 15 weeks. Mm. So I was almost 20. And so he was like the size of my palm. And mm-hmm. um it was just it was, yeah. And he was a boy. And so that broke our heart even more because I remember we wanted a boy during that time. And so um when it was time to deliver the placenta, it was even more horrible because the doctor was going in there with like clamps and you know ripping stuff Mm -hmm. out it was it was horrible and my husband had nightmares because he was watching and just even then like I was being told to push and I was like I feel like I'm gonna pass out and the nurse was like you're not gonna pass out just push and I was just like like it doesn't matter what you're just always being disrespected and just talked to yeah you know I'm just like I'm so fucking tired of this you know Mm -hmm. so I was able to grieve for what you know I came to this house and this house was a blessing this house was like just uh, and it was exactly what I had prayed to God for I was like God I don't care if the house is ugly I just want a big backyard and a tree for my kids and he that's exactly what he gave me you know because there was this other house I was supposed to get and it didn't go through it but it didn't have a yard on what I asked for and that's how I knew like God really does listen to you, you know, and if you humbly wow. ask, then he'll always give to you. And so mm-hmm. I came there was a tree in the back and that tree became my best friend. And I would always go out there with her and she helped me grieve through my son. And then I got pregnant again um, with my last child. Um, she's going to be two now in March. So I have all my babies are March except my second child. I don't know why, but. <laughs> it just happens like that and so I got pregnant and obviously you know all the fears came right away about like you know what if you know just worrying you know worrying about the baby dying and so I started to I started to kind of I don't know what happened but it was Instagram that helped uh, me find the answers I needed I was trying to look so I was looking for a midwife first and then We're in a small town, so there's not a lot of licensed midwives here. Um, And so I was just like, man, like, I don't, I can't afford a midwife. This Medi-Cal all of a sudden is starting to pay for a midwife, which is the insurance that everybody has here in California. But it was fairly new. So there wasn't, there wasn't any midwives that were taking the insurance. And so that was a blessing in disguise after I learned about all that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And so. So then I just remember, um, you know, stumbling uh, upon this woman, I seen her giving birth in her like a little kiddie pool. And then I saw that and then I saw Free Birth Society. And I'm like, what is free birth, you know, and then um, I don't know, it just all kind of just started coming through because I I had been praying. I was like, God, like, I really I don't want to ever go back there. I don't want to experience that ever again. Like, please give me um, I don't know like, you know, it's an, uh, so, an alternative. Yeah. Something else, like, you know, and so I saw free birth society and then I saw the word unassisted birth. And I remember my husband, he, um, me and him, uh, he's very, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. But my husband's very free minded person. He's always been against like the whole, um, I don't want the government telling me what to do kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so he was always like oh yeah well we should just have our babies at home and he was ready for that for since like way back but I was just like you know with no like we can't have our baby at home. like that like that's insane that's isn't that illegal you know and so anyways, I, love I love that like, yeah that's so not what you normally hear
0: it's usually the opposite <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so he it was like he was just listening you know he my husband is he's such a blessing he's such a good listener I'm just I'm um, you know, I'm always talking about my ideas and what I want to do. And he just, he just listens and supports me like, yeah, yeah. You know? And so yeah, when nice. I looked up, um, I was like, babe, should we just have our baby at home? Like just have our baby. What do you think about that? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, let's do it. I've, I've been ready. And then, but at that time, I still didn't know that And is the birth wasn't illegal, you know? But then a few days after I looked it up, and it said um that it that you know it's not illegal to have your baby um unless you sit at home without a medical person or whatever. And that was it. Like that's all I needed I was like, that's it. It's over. I don't need to, you know. And so then, but then after, obviously I worked through a lot of my um my fears about, you know, what if this or that happens, you know, the the normal fears that we all have about like hemorrhaging or like yeah. um, things like that. And so I started to listen to the free birth society podcast, um, because I couldn't afford their, their, um, their courses, but either way, there's a lot of free, um, knowledge out there. You know what I mean? And I didn't let that stop me. And, um, I'm still, I still love, I love them for everything they share and all the work they do. And the podcast really is just amazing medicine. Like I was, um, I I was eating up their podcast and I only listened, I want to say to like three or four, you know? And so I was listening to them and, um, just beautiful, powerful stories. And then I started diving into doing my work about like, okay, so they have the newborn screening test in California, um, like legal stuff, you know, I was like, well, what do I do about that? Do I have to do that? And so then I, I was like, just on the phone calling the programs, because if you look on Google, they're not going to, they just tell you, oh, well you, they don't give you a, a, the answer you want. They just kind of tell you, oh, well, you should do this because it's good for you. Exactly. And I'm like, that's not the answer I want. Do I have to do it or not? You know? And so I called the program. The lady was like, no, you can do die for the religious purposes. And I just did all my homework on the legal stuff because I was like, if CPS or something, i want to be ready and i want to know my rights you know and Amen. so yeah so because i had dealt with them before in my addiction with my son and i was like yeah i'm not doing that um i have a lot of friends that um are um in that realm well i don't want to say they're my friends but like people in recovery and meetings that i used to go to and stuff like that so i was like yeah people are going to know about me Free birthing I'm not gonna just risk it and not know my rights and mm-hmm. things. So I did a deep dive in that and after a while I stopped going to the OB because I started to learn about how the interventions start there. And then um and then yeah I just kind of found into peace with it all um towards the last I want to say like five months. And I was just soaking it all in and I was just like we're doing this. We're having a baby. And it wasn't really a big deal. It was just like, we're just going to have our baby. And so then um, it was March 20th. It was eight in the morning. And my son, his birthday is on the 24th. So my husband had bought tickets for us to go to the aquarium. And we were getting ready to go to the aquarium. And I woke up in the morning. I stood up and I felt I felt a little pop. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to ruin the day today. <laughs> And the kids, I was like, okay, kids, hold on. Let me make sure it's not my water, you know, because if not, we're going to end up having a baby at the aquarium and we don't want that. And they were kind of sad and they were like hoping that it wasn't, and I was still just like, we'll still go. You know, it's not like that. You know, I was still like, I wasn't worried, but then I was like, no, because it's a long ride. It's two hours from here. It was in um, a close to San Francisco So I just I didn't want to risk it. And I was like, no. I was like, oh, I could just put a diaper out like use my diapers and just like go, you know. But so it did end up being my water, and after that, I was really excited. We were all excited. The kids were obviously kind of bummed that they didn't know (laughs) aquarium day anymore. (laughs) But um, and it was funny because we were joking about it the night before. We were like what if the baby is born tomorrow and we can't go to the aquarium they're like oh the baby party pooper baby but <laughs> it was so funny and so yeah the whole day um really I just relaxed in bed I wasn't like doing anything to try to amp anything up I was relaxed I ate I was like oh my god I'm so hungry and um And I just kept thinking to myself, man, if I was over there in the hospital right now, I wouldn't be able to eat nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorite parts. I ate so much. My Mm -hmm. sister ordered me Denny's and I ate the whole Denny's by myself. And I was just, it was so good. I was eating. I don't even know. I ate a bunch of stuff. And so it was, that was around eight in the morning when my water had broke. And so I was relaxing all day and I, I felt consistent contractions after a couple hours, um, but uh, they weren't, they weren't like unbearable or anything like that. And then came like, I want to say 10 PM and my labor stopped. And I just remember hearing a lot of stories of a lot of women talk about how their labor stops and I was like, Oh, that's normal now. Like now that I know so much and hear so many stories, that's normal. You just rest through that. You know, it's not yeah. like a thing you need to panic about. And so mm-hmm. I just, I rested and I was like, well, I'm going to try to go to sleep for a couple hours. And by one in the morning, I couldn't fall asleep anymore. The surges um, were coming pretty strong. And so I woke up my husband and I was like, can you, you know, fix everything up for me? Because I had bought a little kiddie pool and I I was wanting like blankets in it. Um, But by this time I couldn't get comfortable um, anywhere. I was just kind of just trying to find a spot to lay in or. You know, and it, um, we were in the living room and my husband, he just had his anime on and he was like, <laughs> poor thing, he was like halfway asleep, you know, <laughs> trying to be there for me. And um, all he really did through the whole time was just really just be there. And um, sometimes I would try to hold on to him, but it just was not working out. And um, I was in and out of the bathtub, I was feeling it. And, um, so then when I was deep, deep, deep in, in the transition, I was, I was in another world and I was in the bath and I had my headphones on and I had music on and I started crying. You know, there's a point where you get just emotional, like just the emotions are just flowing, like it's very Mm -hmm. psychedelic experience. And, um, I was talking to God and I was just like, and I, my son was there like his presence was there and I remember just crying like remembering why I'm doing this and I was like I'm doing this because I'm finishing what I didn't get to finish with my son was taken away from me I'm doing Mm. this to to finish it for him you know and and bringing you know bringing his sister into this world the right way the way he would have wanted to be brought into the world you know Mm. and so I just remember I was just very emotional I was just like just remembering and God was there with me and he was just their presence was just there with me just telling me like we're here you know and so I got out of the bathtub and um by then I was on the toilet and I was just like you know very loud and my husband was like you okay babe you know and I was just I couldn't talk anymore so I went back into the bath and then um he comes in and he had his uh, his watch and He's like, tell me when you get another one, which we didn't really care to time the contractions or anything like that. But he just wanted to know, like, you know, how often they were happening before he could even, you know, time the next one. I had already had another one. So it was they were coming, I guess, a minute apart. And by by the time that he uh saw that they were coming one after the next, I was just um I was on my knees in the bathtub. My knees were in the bathtub and then my arms were out of the bathtub, so I was like hanging out of it. And um, I was like, I think she's coming out because um, I felt a boulder just coming, coming out of me. And, you know, obviously, you know, when we're in hospitals, like we don't feel everything because, you know, there's always someone or something that you're looking at or paying attention to. And at this point, I was like completely in my body, like I felt everything. So it felt like a boulder was just like coming out of me. And all my breath was just like felt like it had gone and for a minute there I panicked and my husband was looking behind me and I was like panicked because I felt like my breath had been gone and I was like call the ambulance and he was all like um in his most like grounding like husband fatherly voice he was like no you can do it and I that moment I was like yes, wow like, yeah. like I can't do it. Like, what the hell are the ambulance going to really do? You know? And there was like, there were quick thoughts coming in my head. And I was just like, I love
0: how he handled that.
1: Yeah. He was just like, no, you can do it. Yeah. And so my husband and I, we've had a lot of journeys together, like psychedelic journeys together and journeys where like, I'm like, I can't do this. And he's just like, no, you like, we're okay. You can do this, you know? So he's been a very healing part of my child, like child trauma where I've, feel incapable or I'm told that I can't you know mm-hmm. and so at that moment um that unraveled all that and so I was like yeah I can, I can do it you know and then her head came out and I took a breath um I was just kind of relaxing through through that I was like okay her head is out you know and so then the rest of her body came out and it felt really weird because she came out normal you know nobody was over there like turning her over or whatever yeah out completely sideways and that felt really odd but she came out and then the kids had woken up when her head was coming out and they were all they came out and their eyes were all like what's happening they thought I was they they, it was so funny we laugh about it now they thought I had diarrhea they're like we thought you had diarrhea or something mom because you're all screaming and then um they came in and they were all, um, they were just observing. They were like halfway asleep and they're like, what the heck? And the baby, she was out. And my husband, um, cause the water was like halfway in the bathtub. And when her head was out, her, her head was kind of bobbing in and out of the bathtub. And he was like, um, babe, is this supposed to happen? But I couldn't talk. I was just like, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to take the water out. And so when she came out, all the water was mostly gone and he picked her up and then, um. I was like, wait, the cord, and it was so funny how, like, it's just so, like, people think that you're, you don't know what, what you're gonna do, like, oh, that you're not gonna know, but it's just, like, it's just so innate, you know, it's just like, the cord, yeah. the cord, and so I grabbed, I grabbed, I was like, because I didn't want him to, like, snap it or something, and so he's like, oh, shoot, yeah, because he didn't even think, like, that there was even a cord, you know, he forgot all about that, Yeah. And so he handed it to me, and I was like, um, I hadn't told him where everything was, but you know how it is, you know, you tell your husband, babe, all the stuff's right there. And then, then all of a sudden they forget. And he was just, like, looking everywhere. He's like, where's the stuff? I'm like, over there in the white basket. And he was like, where, where? And anyways, it was just so beautiful seeing him, like, in this, like, primal, like, you know, just being a husband yeah. and a dad. And he was just like, provider, yeah. yeah, and he was getting the bed ready. And so then I pulled myself up from the tub. And um, I walked to the bed, and he had the bed ready and everything. And we're all just laying there together looking at her. And, um, yeah, it was just relaxing. I wasn't worried about the placenta coming or anything like that. I knew that it would come in its own time. And we wanted to do, like, a cord burning ceremony, but those those after pains were just I was just over it. I wanted it to kind of just be over. And, um, but yeah. I kept trying to go back and forth to the bathroom with the baby holding her. Um, and it was getting hard for like, for, for, like an hour, I just laid in bed. And then after an hour, like my placenta was wanting to come out and I was just like, not, I was not having it. And so then I just, yeah. um, we tried to burn the cord while, while the placenta was still inside me because the cord was already white and I was just kind of over it, but then like, it just was, it wasn't burning. Right. So I was like, eh, let's just cut it. And I had bought like a little, uh, a, like a little kit online and it was like mm-hmm. 15 bucks and it had the, you know, the, where it scalp and everything. So we, we had cut it and I had already seen like YouTube videos, how to do it myself. So we did that. And then as soon as I cut the, the cord, it was amazing the feeling I felt like it was like, you think that you don't feel these things, but it, it we felt it like, I, well, I felt it. And I know the baby did too, because when, when we cut it, her eyes opened wide. And then I felt like this, like feeling of like, <sighs> like a relief feeling. And I think mm. that was just my placenta feeling like, okay, baby's fine. Baby's good. And I know my placenta was listening to me because I had told her the whole time during um pregnancy and during birth I was like please keep my baby safe until you know we know baby's earth side so I think that's why she was holding on until she knew you know like okay well baby's cut you know I can come out now so I went to the toilet and I was just talking to her and I was just like okay the baby's safe now you can come out and bam as soon as I said that she came out I had put a bowl on in, in the in the toilet and she came out and then I just felt so relieved. I went back to my bed, was holding the baby, and then um, my husband took care of my placenta. He like bagged her up for me and everything. I had hired a doula, a uh, lady that she does like encapsulation, so she came like a couple hours after, or I think it was the next day. I don't remember. And then she uh she took it and she did like an imprint on one of uh, like a canvas that I had bought. And yeah, and then after that, like now, now I know how to prepare placenta by myself, so I don't, I won't be needing that. But I tried the capsules; and they were good for a while. Um, I didn't start eating them till like a couple of weeks after because I felt so good from having my my birth. Like I felt, I don't even know who I was. I was just like so. I was a different, completely different person. Like this is, I was just. And, like, wow, you know, I had so much energy. My mom and mm. my sister came to see the baby, like, a couple hours after. They took the kids um for the day so we could rest. And, um, and yeah, like, I have never, ever felt so good. And I wanted to do it again immediately, you know? Mm. And I was just like, this is what birth is supposed to be like. It This is it, you know? I'm like, nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's telling me anything. And it was yeah. just amazing. It was beautiful. And the only thing that, um, so, you know, obviously through time, it's like still working on this fear or that fear. And I was still working on, um, you know, trusting my mother instincts. Um, and my baby was born with like a little hole next to her ear. And I was worried about it. But um, the next day I, I was like, I asked my husband, I was like, should we take her to get a check or not? I don't want to deal with them. But he's like, yeah, well, we can just take her to get it checked if you want, or if you don't want to, it's fine. You know, he wasn't really worried about it. But um, we went to the children's hospital that was two hours away from us, and I wasn't scared. I was like, I had a planned an assisted birth. I'm not here for anything else. I just want the doctor to look at that little hole in her ear. And obviously, the nurses and stuff were being really weird. They're like, oh, like you need the newborn screening within 48 hours. And, you know, you need the vitamin K shot and this and that. And I'm like, mm, I don't want any of that, you know? And so um, the doctor came in and he was really nice. And he was like, you actually don't really need the K shot. You know, he was like, we have to recommend it, obviously, but you're fine. Your baby's fine. That little hole next to your ear is very normal. It's just like an extra, uh, what's it called? sinus or something like that he's like usually it doesn't cause problems for people and and that was it we went home and um for the the newborn screening I don't know if they do it in your state but it's like a little prick on the foot Mm -hmm, and they like take blood and stuff at the hospital and so I was still working through fears with that and then I was like oh usually if they have that little hole that might mean that they have like a some kind of something and I don't know I was just like very um still not very in tune with
0: you were still my, breaking through yeah I the was still break, yeah
1: yeah and so I went and I I went to the pediatrician that I knew wasn't gonna be annoying to me about stuff and he gave me the prescription but then I did it like a month later because I had been battling with should I do it or not which was like really pointless to do it a month later but I went and I got it done and then after that, I learned what they do with our baby's blood and stuff, because I was looking through their, like, um, through their guidelines and whatnot. And I was like, what the hell? Why do I want my baby's blood to be used for tests and crap like that? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that ever again. And so, so yeah, then that was it. And then integration was just happening. And my life is completely different. I don't. I, I don't know. I just, I don't feel the need to um, seek God through any other measure except just prayer. Um, and like, it changed my life. And I was just like, well, no wonder they don't want us birthing like this. Why would they want us to know how powerful we are and that we are the ones that yeah. should be making the choices? I, I realized like, wow, like I'm not even really even being a mother. I wasn't even really being a mother because I had the schools making the choices. I had the pediatricians making the choices. I had everybody else making the choices for me and my child, except me. And now mm-hmm. like, it's like, my kids are homeschooled. I make the choices and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anyone and their opinions or like even the law does. they don't even know the law. And I'm like, I have, you know, I have God given rights. I don't need your permission for anything. And so at, with this pregnancy, I'm very at peace. I haven't had the need or the fear to like, not even the thoughts come up like, Oh, this, this happens or that, you know, I just, I'm just pregnant and I'm going to give birth and that's it, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so you're pregnant right now. And yeah. so this is a, a completely like out of the system experience so far. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like over time like you gradually have gotten like more and more removed from like you know the the system essentially yeah um yeah. how does it feel being pregnant and not having any of that you know confirmation from the medical system the sonograms and the testing and all of that how are you working through the fears and and just like really deprogramming essentially
1: yeah, so it feels very peaceful and it feels very, um. I feel really good um, that I know, I'll know because like if something, if I need outside tools that I don't have, I know that I'll know because God made my body and if God Mm-hmm. it's telling me something then it's gonna if my body's telling me something that's God telling me something because God made mm-hmm. me my body and my baby so mm-hmm. you know I, I really that's um it may sound like cuckoo to other people but it's like really like we're mm-hmm. not just flesh we have spirit in us and we have life yeah. in our soul like have you ever you know they're like well how will you know well have you ever felt like a bad gut feeling it's kind of like that you know yeah so, it's like almost exactly. people like, as soon as they hear about god they just like discredit it like oh you're crazy like no like what do you mean you have instincts yourself you know you follow your gut. Yeah. You know? so cool. um i in the beginning of this pregnancy i did end up getting i got sick for about three days i had a high fever and no other symptoms and so i was like well let me go check just in case because that is i guess that is one of the symptoms you know if you your baby did like die inside you or something like that you know so I was like let me go check just to make sure and they did a quick sonogram that they're they're like baby's fine I was like okay and then the next day I had more symptoms so I ended up having the flu and it was just funny to me and I was like yeah well at least I made that decision consciously you know it wasn't like something uh fear-based or anything like that and then a couple weeks later I um I was uh, feeling liquid coming out, and um, it was like at least a couple times a day. And I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if that's amniotic fluid." And then I was like thinking, "Well, if it is, then it is." Um, but I'm like, I kind of want to know. But then I was like, I don't want to go to the hospital. And I have this friend that she took the RBK school for Freeburg Society. So we, we became really mm-hmm. close friends because, you know, we, our views are very similar. And so I called her and we kind of just talked about it. And she's like, well, you could like buy strips on Amazon. Um, and like she was a nurse for a lot of years in the system. So she was like, they're not going to tell you how, how broken the sack is. If it is, they're not going to tell you very much, you know. And I was like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I was just trying to see if I could know or not. And then I just prayed about it. And then I had ordered the strips on Amazon, but my card declined. And so that was like, God telling me like, just, just trust, you know? And then I was like, yeah, uh. I was like, I was like, I didn't even want to, you know, I was just like, okay, well, you know what? Oh, my dog scared me. And I was like, you know what? Um, That's when I had that realization, like, well if, if my body tells me more then that's God telling me, you know, exactly. So, so, you know, I'll know if something, and so I'm very comfortable with, um, even the notion of like, well, if this is a miscarriage, like, it's okay. I'm not going to force something that, you know, I'm not going to force my child to be here if they're physiologically, biologically not ready you know, and um, because we were talking about that, me and my friend, she's like, well, what if you are having a miscarriage or what's, you know, what about that? And I was like, well, I I feel I think I'm actually okay with that. If you know, obviously, it would be painful for something like that to happen, you know, and sad, but I'm not scared of death anymore. Like I used to be. And so yeah, yeah, then, then all of a sudden, like two days later, I stopped the leaking stopped because it had gone for like a week and it stopped. And then um, I have been learning about this thing called like German new medicine and things. And I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, well. I love that. Yeah. So I was like, it's something in my psyche that I, I yep. have to, you know, and then I was like telling my body, I was like, okay, body, like, I know you're intelligent. And if there is something going on with my baby sack, like obviously it will either heal or whatever like you're not you're not dumb you know and I instead of stressing over it I'm just gonna relax and as- accept what's going on for now and then all of a sudden it just it stopped so I was like oh that's nice like thank you god for that whatever that was and it just after that I just I haven't been feeling any type of doubt or anything like that I've just been kind of riding through my my pregnancy i love and that i'm
0: excited that. yeah yeah it's it's such a learning experience you know or actually more like an unlearning experience yeah, exactly. because yeah. we um, we're so programmed to actually fear our own bodies and i love that mm-hmm. you brought up uh, german new medicine because love that like healing framework and i think Mm -hmm. that dr homer discovered some pretty incredible things about the way that our bodies work and that we're self-healing and so when we're constantly outsourcing for something to happen within us it's like we're literally telling ourselves and our body like on a subconscious level that we do not trust that we Mm -hmm. are not you know, we don't have faith in our ability. And um, and just that yeah. in and of itself is, you know, detrimental to our health. Yeah. <laughs> and, like what we yeah. believe about our bodies really does to some extent make up how we experience be- living in our bodies. Um yeah. and so to have a wild pregnancy and you know, or I know people call it wild pregnancy, whatever you want to call it but just trusting your your body trusting God's design and being able to leave the lines of communication between you your body and God open at all times it's a gift that's given to us but because of all of the deep deep conditioning and programming that takes place in our society so many people miss out on that very that freedom that we we're we're all given by god yeah um, so yeah that so yeah, beautiful it was
1: just, it's been so oh, it's amazing so experience yeah and i even realized like you know like you're saying the programming so the society programming like i had realized that i hadn't even crossed over into being a mother yet yeah, like I had I had children but I didn't feel like a mother I still felt very much like a maiden and I was at 24 I had you know my three children and I was just still like struggling with like wanting to be a maiden and like oh I didn't have freedom and I, I want to do this and that that I used mm-hmm. to do when I was a teenager and and I realized like wow like that initiation of motherhood is really taken away from us when we go and birth under somebody else's authority And we don't even, we don't even realize that. And that's why we have so many, you know, so many women that are just not happy with themselves that that they're not happy that they're mothers or that, you know, just take care of the home or like they, you know what I mean? Like just the whole society thing with, with that and looking down on mothers that are in their, um, in their mother spirit, and they're taking care of their babies, and they're proud of that. You know, they're looked down upon, and they're like, "Oh, oh, well, you serve your husband," you know, things like that. And now I'm just like, "How is that? It's it's crazy to me." It's, yeah, it's not even it's not even crazy anymore. It's, it's just like wow, like, twist it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, and it's just so nice, uh, feeling just free. And that's one thing that I always wanted to attain was just to feel freedom from all of the voices always you know somebody always telling you what to do somebody always telling you Mm -hmm. you can or can't and now i don't have that above me i'm the authority i'm my i'm the mother in my home i say what goes and i'm i allow or create and and it's just it's a very it's a very beautiful thing and it, it helps my marriage it helps um me being a more conscious mother and yeah it's just it's a I don't know it just I really wish that one day all women can experience that and that we yeah. lose the the fear of its birth you know it's like riding our car every day is more dangerous than giving birth so yeah
0: yeah it's such a normal yet amazingly beautiful experience that we're all we're we're, we're all able to experience yeah it's just you know choosing it and you yeah. chose that for yourself and your family and what a what a beautiful journey thank and thank you so much for ex- just sharing all of that and um and I'm so excited to hear about your your ex-birthday yeah
1: yeah it's really exciting I'm um I haven't really even been worried about like buying Hello? things or like, can you hear me?
0: Oh, sorry. the lost.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I'm just, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just excited to, uh, to experience it once again. And, um, I think that <sighs> can you hear me now? yes okay
0: yeah I'm just excited the last thing I heard was you're just excited to experience
1: Yeah. yeah I haven't really even been um buying a bunch of things to prepare I pretty much already have what I need and I'm not really anxious about I haven't even really bought anything for the baby um like, the baby usually lives naked on me for, like, weeks anyway, so.
0: Yeah, and you realize how much you don't need. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, so much of it just comes from inside, you know? And yeah. it's so much more simple than we make it seem.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember with my first baby, it was, like, I felt like I needed all the contraptions that they were trying to sell to me. And now I'm, like, I just need a couple blankets, and whatever i'm gonna need for postpartum and that's really it and my my teas and my yeah and so my rbk friend she uh she's gonna come and you know help nourish me and take care of me after and i have a lot of homeschool friends now and Aww. they're excited to take care of me so so, yeah, it's, this is attainable for anyone. Like, this isn't something I love like, that. I feel like people are like, oh, you got lucky. You get lucky if you have a village. No, like, work to create that village. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Y- you can create your reality. You don't have to sit there and be, like, in victim mindset. Like, oh, I can't attain that. Or, you know, like, yes, you can. You can find it and you can attain it. And I don't, yeah. I'm not a rich person. I don't have a bunch of access to this or that. Like I am just like everyone else. And I still attained what I needed. Um, and we we have God, like that's really the only thing you need. Like everything you need is within you and you've got God mm-hmm. and you don't need all the fancy things or programs or, you know, you don't really, yeah, you can attain it. So that's something that I've just I've yeah. learned. Amen. The Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: how can everyone find you and connect with you on
1: social media and all of that? Um, so I have my social media um, I have Instagram and then I have some facebook but i don't really use that much i have uh you could just type in my name on instagram and it's like a yellow circle with a woman in the middle like a teal teal lady um and it's o uni o hagans it's o y u n y and then my last name is h a g i n s and that's where i mostly post Uh, stuff about my business and birth but there's a link there and you could just um I have a website so so yeah because sometimes I post family stuff there and birth stuff so yeah that's pretty much how I can be reached my phone is broken right now so
0: (laughs) awesome awesome thank you again for sharing your story this has been so incredible and um and yeah I'm excited to follow your your pregnancy
1: journey and
0: hear about your next beautiful birth
1: yeah yeah I'm really excited too it's almost time